So what what all you were just saying before we started, I think we're rolling right now, but uh, before we started, you, you were saying that you were doing a bunch of editing. And like, yeah. So when I started working for Dale, like as I got more into the job, I had to get new roles. Uh-huh. It's one of my roles now. Really? So you just had to learn how to do it or what? I kind of did as a kid. Like, not going to lie, like, I was that weird horse girl growing up, and we made videos of us riding our horses, and I had actually had a YouTube channel, like, back in high school. Really? Yeah, so, like, I was editing. Dang. It was, like, crazy. It was not worth any, like, you could never monetize it, because it was all, like, copyrighted yeah. songs Shoot, and that stuff. that would have been in, like, what, 2010. Nine, yeah, yeah two, 2009, I was a freshman. Well, why would it have been copyrighted? What do you mean? Because it was all, like, licensed music. Oh, so oh like, you were just putting music behind it. Yeah, like wow. at crazy edits, light, lots of lights, lights. Of, I mean, it was just, it was all outlandish stuff. Just but, you and friends like riding or something? Yeah, just anything. And so I had kind of had like somewhat of an idea of how to edit. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I had to learn like a new style of editing, you know, like the jump cuts and, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, so now I help with like those uh, rodeo time episodes, like, Usually it's either me or Donnie that are doing that and then making stuff for his like social media. So like for Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you know, we do all that kind of stuff. So is that, that, that's something that like you, so you were already interested in that. Was that something that they presented to you? Like, do yeah. you even come? Yeah. Because like, aren't no. you from, where are you from? North Carolina? Or North something? Carolina. Yeah. yeah. No, that wasn't, I had no idea I was going to ever do that. Like at all. So, I mean, when they were like, Hey, do you want to? you know, start branching out. Because I was working in the warehouse, like, you know, packing the, you know, shipments and, like, doing all that stuff, anything that they needed done in the warehouse. And then, like, as we got more help and, like, as, you know, we were we were kind of, gro- you know, I've been there for two years now, so, like, we, we've grown a lot since then. They, you know, they presented me and they're like, hey, do you have any interest in this? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, like, I'm down to learn whatever, yeah. you know. So it's definitely good to have like a down for whatever kind of attitude out there. Cause sure. like, you know, you never know what you're going to be. That's the way a lot of things like, uh, like even with what I do, it's, it's kind of the same way where it's like, it's, it's a small business, but it's such a bizarre small business. Right. That like, you just got to roll with the punches yeah. and just get in where you fit in and just try to be like just a hustler, try to figure out some, and a lot of it's like trial and error. Yeah, absolutely. Seems like, right? That's what, so like, I've been just editing the byproduct of what someone else has filmed. Okay. So now I just started picking up the camera, learning how to focus them, because we, you know, it's manual focus on those GH5. So like, that's something that like, I just have to do, you know, it's like one Mm -hmm. of those things, like, it's kind of, you can self-teach it, like, and like, obviously I have Donnie and Dale, like, who have run those cameras for long enough that, you know, they can help you with it. So it's like definitely like trial and error, you know, like you got to just get behind the camera and do it. So now like, I think we bucked two days ago, not yesterday, but the day before. And so I had the camera out there. So I was like going around, just literally just videoing the bulls, just trying to teach myself how to like focus and focus it faster that way if like anything, but yeah, it's just, so now like I'm doing that and editing. So like hopefully kind of comes all together where I'm doing all of it. You like it? Yeah, I love it. But it was crazy, too, because, like, another thing with, like, just going out there and trying something. So, like, I had the camera out there. It was the first time I was kind of messing around with the camera. Well, I've been kind of wanting to try picking up, like, on the bucking horses because, like, 
where I'm from, like bucking horses, like you don't ever see it. So like, that was kind of cool. So like, I've learned a lot about, you know, that, uh, rough stock event. And so, um, Dale was like, do you want to try picking up today? And I was like, yeah. So like I'd hand the camera off and I jumped on the horse and like was learning that. And that's also kind of one of those things to like, you kind of got to expose yourself and put yourself out there to learn it. No doubt. And it was pretty scary. So, so a lot of people would like hearing you talk about that and how action packed that all would be and how fun all that would be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to get to the point that you were eating, even getting to do any of that stuff though. Like you were saying, you were just working in the warehouse. Yeah, absolutely. Boxes. Well, and like, so I kind of got the unique experiences. Like when I first came there was during the Netflix show. So like I came on during Netflix, like the first day there that you see on the Netflix show is legitimately my first time meeting those guys in person. First day. First day. Didn't they have you blurred out or something? Yeah, so we filmed that. So I came. Scandalous. To, yeah, so I came to work for Dale, like, during the Netflix show. Well, yeah. Like, based on our contracts and stuff like that, they wanted me to be revealed as Dale's new intern on the show. We had no idea when the show was going to come out uh, because, like, they still had to edit it, and then we also got a worldwide release on it, which meant they were going to dub it over in all the other languages, mm-hmm. and it was going to be, which takes three months to do, post-production like Hold just on. Okay, that explain. i'm really dumb i'm sorry but explain that to me again so you guys had to so we had to wait for them to finish the netflix show like they had we had to film it which took two months okay. and then you have to wait for them to chop those episodes up okay well once they finish those episodes and everything's done they um got a worldwide release which means it was in like 140 different countries but instead of just using subtitles on those, they actually hired voice actors. To I didn't pl- know that. Yeah, to, which takes three months alone. Yeah, I Just can that part takes three months. So, like, it took a whole year from oh. start to finish to, for it to come out. I had out. no idea it was like that. I knew that was a big deal, but that yeah. seems like a whole other level, right? Yeah, I think, I mean, I had the voice actor, my Native American voice actor reached out to me on Instagram and, like, was telling me how she played my voice and how she, cool she thought it was. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. Is there a reason that she was Native American or? Well, because that, that's just what she spoke. spoke. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah I'm like, an idiot once again. Like, so there was the language. Yeah. What do you know what one it was specifically? No. We listened to like it in French and Spanish and stuff like that. It, it, wow. Yeah. It was. Weird. Are there a bunch of words that I, w- I would have to think there's a bunch of words that don't translate? Yeah, no. Like, I would figure there's a ton you'll like, use. Like, I think we watched it in <laughs> French, and, like, Carl Wayne gets out, and, like, they show that John John, it says, it says, like, uh, non-Carl Wayne or something like that. It was just funny. I mean, it was... I wonder what some of the words are that there's probably so many just jargon, like, ranchy kind of words. Yeah. There's no way they have a translation for it. No, I don't know. I have no idea. So was there still subtitles too? I, I guess. guess. Yeah. We ha- I mean, we had the English subtitles just because we kind of sure. wanted to know what. Yeah. But yeah, it was all what we were saying is, was the subtitles. So I don't know. So that girl reached out to you? The yeah. one that did it? Yeah. She reached out to me on uh, Instagram and was like DMing me about it. And I was like, dang, that's pretty cool. That's super dope. Yeah. Because she lived in the States. She was just, I guess it was more, I guess it's more Latin, Latin American. She was like, uh, I guess. Not I Native have, American? Yeah, I might have. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, you're in yeah, trouble now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know what I was trying to say, people. <laughs> Since, so, yeah, she was probably 
just speaking Spanish, maybe. Mm, no? Yeah, maybe Portuguese. Oh, Brazilian. Yeah, but like they can, but a lot of those people that are hired to do that know more than one language. That is probably so also accurate. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. I barely know English. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I get my words messed up. So, so, but you worked, uh, it, like, did you start in the warehouse when the show started or? No. So like we filmed the show, like, and then off on my off days, I was working in the warehouse. So uh, like the, the way the Netflix show worked is like they were union, which means they can only work certain hours, certain number of days in a row. So if we like worked through a weekend, they could only work five days in a row. So like that meant Monday and Tuesday were off days. Yeah. So I was in the warehouse packing t-shirts and doing whatever that, you know, I mean, and not all, all the time. That's how that worked out. But yeah. So then we filmed the Netflix show and as soon as the Netflix show was over, that's when I was in the warehouse full time. Uh, I mean, I feed and stuff in the mornings. I mean, I did that the whole time, like still do it. Um, but yeah, so started off in the warehouse and then, as like we needed more help or we slowed down, you know, that's when they kind of, the editing job kind of came up. How'd you originally get connected? With so, them? so back in, I guess I could go through the whole story of it. Cause yeah, it's kind of, so back in March of 2020, um, I was involved in a really bad bull riding accident. Um, right when the pandemic started. Mm. So like I got hurt the day that the shutdowns kind of started happening well, I had a grade five liver laceration, almost lost my life, flatlined, was in the hospital for two weeks. Well, it, when I woke up from my coma, it was like COVID had take, completely taken over. So like, you know, went into my coma, world's open, wake up from my coma, world shut down. Were you just practicing or were you at an event? I was in, at an event in Tennessee. Really? Yeah. So after co you know after having that injury and like making it through that like I obviously had to quit my job that I had working at a horse barn and um I was got to the point where like I could kind of work so I was doing I was door dashing because I live 30 minutes from a high school or a college campus were you in Tennessee where were you at are you still in North Carolina I lived in North Carolina I drove to Tennessee for a rodeo when I got hurt so uh I didn't really do a whole lot. Like I wasn't doing anything cause I was, you know, coming back from an injury, I totally. was high risk COVID. So I was literally just riding my horse around for hours a day and then door dashing at night. While well, I had listened to one of his podcasts was listening to one of Dale's podcasts and he had talked about, you know, looking for a new intern. And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm not really making any money or anything like that. And so like I sat on, on it for a week I was like, do I apply? Do I not apply? And, you know, the intern process is like still the same. Like you still make a video, you know, one to two minutes and you send it into the rodeo time Instagram. And so like on the last day, on like, it was like a Friday, I was hauling my bulls because I had bought bucking bulls. I was hauling them to a rodeo and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to send an intern video in like what's the worst that's gonna happen I don't get it and I just keep doing what I'm doing now sure and so like I guess they said that I'd send it in like at the last second they said they were literally getting ready to quit taking people and so um that just kind of started the process of we did some zoom calls because like it was gonna be for the Netflix show so like they had to see me like personality wise I guess and so we started that process and like Honestly, the first time that they had said something about a Netflix show, I kind of just rolled it off my back. I was like, that's not why I want to go. Like, I want to go because the cattle industry in North Carolina is really small. And 
cow-calf operations was something I wanted to learn. Like, it was something that had kind of interest me. That, and I was driving out to Texas a bunch for boar riding. So it kind of only made sense that I was going to eventually end up in Texas. And so I just applied to be an intern and got it. So you have some buck and stock of your own now? Like- mm-hmm. I ha- Well, I've about sold everything but one bull. So I actually it- just sent him down to get bucked at the cowboy church. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is this something your family was into? Or nope. You just started doing it? Yep. My family did nothing with rodeo. Really? They didn't have anything really with horses, and they didn't have anything with rodeo. So I didn't come from, like, an equestrian. Like, they didn't really know what the hell they were doing. Yeah. They just kind of, you know, they just kind of did whatever. It's hard. Yeah. Well, because, like, when I was a kid... I had this best friend and she wanted to do figure skating lessons. Well, obviously I had to do that. So like I started figure skating. Well, then she wanted to do horses and I was like, well, obviously I got to do horses too, you know, like you're a kid. And so like I was doing both figure skating and horseback riding lessons. And I was kind of getting to the point and both of them was like in figure skating, I was getting ready to go to freestyle, which would push you to try to be going to the Olympics. And then in horses, I was getting to the point where like, it was like horse showing was about to start and both of those are very, very expensive. And so like my parents were like, all right, you're going to have to pick one. Pick one. Mind you, I'm like eight years old, mm-hmm. nine years old. And so I picked horses and my parents knew nothing about it. So was like, it purely just, I mean, you were like eight or nine. Did you just do it sort of based off of you thought you liked horses more? Uh, No, I think like I, I was pretty hooked on horses pretty fast. Like yeah, it was okay. pretty much like the, I just kind of kept doing the figure skate and stuff because that's what my best friend had, she had stuck with and I had stuck kind of, and we were both kind of doing both for a while, but I knew I liked horses way more like instantly. It was pretty, like it was pretty quick. And so then like my parents like didn't know anything about horses and we lived like in a subdivision or like in a cul-de-sac. Well, there was one house on the whole cul-de-sac that had like 13 acres, a horse barn and some pastures. Well, as soon as that puppy went up for sale, they bought it. Really? Yeah. So like they had no idea what they were doing. We <laughs> bought like this old horse. The first horse we bought was like this old Tennessee walking horse, like old, like yeah. had cancer, like was losing her mind. She had cushions. Like she was not, she was not doing well. Yeah. Well, then my parents bought me my first pony when I was nine. Well, they didn't know what they were doing. And I was taking these horseback riding lessons. So they brought, bought me an unbroke two-year-old pony. I was nine years old and I had him at my house. So okay. they were like, they were like, well, if you want to ride him, you're just going to figure it out. Right. Like, so I broke my first pony when I was nine. Like I was go- still going and taking horseback riding lessons, but like, yeah. So like I had that pony. So they probably had like a lesson horse for you at the, yeah. yeah. At the place I was, cause I rode English. Well, did they not like tell your parents anything? Oh no, or? they did. They, <laughs> I mean, my trainer went with me to find this pony. Why? Okay. But he was gentle. Like the day we saw him, he was gentle. Like I rode him around bareback in a halter. Oh, okay. Like, or I sat on him. They held on yeah. to him. Well, he turned into a, a devil after right. that. Cause he's a pony. Like that's what ponies do. Like yeah. it's kind of what Spawn they have a rat Satan. for. Yeah. And so, yeah. So they were like, oh, if you want to ride him, you're just going to figure it out. Right. And yeah. I was like, yeah. So in a lot of ways, it was probably the best way to learn. Oh yeah. I mean, he, and he turned out to be a phenomenal pony. Like, really? Yeah. Because I was, you know relentless uh-huh. like I mean if I wasn't riding him he was gonna be my best friend I tied him to my swing set I tied him to my trampoline like take him <laughs> on picnics like it didn't matter like he I mean that was my best friend so that's great yeah so like they had you no were just idea. hooked yeah 
all of it. Like it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so like, then I started horse showing and I did that for a long time. What kind of showing? Hunter jumper. Okay. That's what I grew up doing. Wow. You're and, fancy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Nobody really liked me. In that like they liked me, but they didn't because they knew I didn't take it seriously. Oh, okay. Because like that kind of horse showing is also really expensive. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. For sure. Well, I was broke. Like we didn't have that kind of money. Like I can afford a $50,000 show horse. Like, yeah, just the outfits are like, well, I guess yeah. that's more like pleasure horses, but no, it's still, it? it's still bad. And so, you know, like I wanted to horse show Well, I also didn't have the money to horse show and my parents were going through a divorce. And so like what I did was I was riding naughty horses and ponies for trainers, mm-hmm. like people that had just clients that had awful that needed miles in the show ring but didn't necessarily want to do it because they were too worried about looking bad because mm-hmm. their horse was probably gonna take off bucket well I didn't care sure I just wanted to be there oh, so like uh, how old were you at that time probably this was like probably between the ages of 14 to 17 yeah like right before I so started you were riding bulls. indestructible yeah like I I would ride anything like yeah. it didn't and I rode a lot of ponies just because of my size yeah so I mean, I was just, I just wanted to horse show. Like, I didn't care. Like, I just was happy to be there. And, you know, when you do that for someone else, they have to, they pay for your horse showing. And, like, you're also not making any money because you want to keep your amateur status. So, that really sucks. So, you know, like, you're just, they'll feed you and get you to the horse show. But I did that up until I was, like, right at 17. I was trying to qualify that pony that I had grown up riding for pony finals. You know, like, just kind of wanted to do it one time. You know, it's a big deal in the the hunter jumper world is to go to pony finals. You can only do it up until you're 18. So I was trying to qualify this pony for pony finals. And I was riding, riding for this trainer that had a lot of really naughty horses and ponies. So like I was getting horse show a lot and she started dating a bull rider and Uh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's where that, and then like she, that's who got me started riding bulls was actually my hunter jumper trainer who would have thought, but well, I'd always heard that. Did he ride jumpers? No, because like it, some of those dudes, I think do, don't they? Yeah, they say it's the best way to practice, yeah. like jumping a horse bareback, which worked out for me because I didn't. I was too lazy as a kid to tack up anything. Why? Why is that? Is it like driving your hips forward? Kind yeah, of thing? it's kind of like you kind of dis, you know, discontent, disconnect at the hips, and kind of like then you set your hips when they kind of kick over. It's kind of the same motion. Okay. But well, and then I guess you got to get your chest out over mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of keep everything centered and, and square. And I don't know. It helped me. <laughs> helped yeah. Me d- yeah. I mean, did it feel like it translated quite a bit? Yeah. yeah. I think, I, I think that's why I picked it up as fast as I did. Yeah. Cause like, honestly, when I first started riding bulls, like I didn't even know that girls didn't ride bulls cause those people were just so cool about it. Like they just didn't care. So the dude that was the boyfriend. He, was a, he didn't think twice about it. He, no, and, like, it kind of started off, like, she she had kind of said, do you want to ride a bull? And I was like, why would we do that? <laughs> like, but, and then, you know, I was like, why would we do that? And she's like, well, how many people have you know, known ride a bull? And I was like, well, just your boyfriend, I guess, you know. Yeah. She was like, well, we can at least do it one time and mark it off our bucket list. And I was like. She wanted to do it, too. Yeah, we all did it. Like, oh, all the killer. girls that rode at that barn did Damn. it one time. You Good know, like, you. we there was like three or four of us that went out there one day and just did it, you know, one time just to say we did it. And I fell off really fast. I was like, man, I know I can stay on longer than that. So yeah. we just, I just 
I didn't like jump headfirst into it because I was still trying to qualify that pony for pony finals. And then once I qualified him and I realized I wasn't going to have the money to be able to actually go to the show because mm. it's all the way in Kentucky. That was like, well, I guess I'm just going to start riding bulls then because my show, horse showing career is over. You were like 18, 17? Mm -hmm. 17, 18. 17 when I got on my first one. Okay. Then you just like. Just kind of did it. Like, did you just, like, did you know some people? Did you go to that guy? Or? Yeah. So that place that we had gone and gotten on that practice bull does a weekly practice pen. It's in Hope Mills, North Carolina. They okay. still do it. Okay. So it's every Sunday. And so, you know, those people were just kind of really supportive of it. And, that you know, they didn't. They were like, if you want to get on, like, get on, you know, we're not going to tell you no. And so, like, I just kept going back every Sunday and then just kind of slowly was trying to figure it out, was getting, you know, getting the starts of my first injuries. And so, like, I just kept going. And then I found, you know, that I, there was more that I was going to have to do, like, outside of the arena. Like, I couldn't just show up on Sundays and expect to get better. And so I started going to bull riding schools, you know, got a drop barrel, got a stationary barrel, was riding my pony bareback because I still, I think I still owned him at that point. I've leased him, I leased him out a lot because he was just, he ended up really good after, Yeah. from when I was nine. There's and, a bunch of money in those ponies now, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I made a lot of money off of him. Yeah. I actually just sold him. Oh, I owned him well, for 18 years and it? I just sold him. Yeah. I mean, congrats, I think. <laughs> it was bittersweet. Yeah. It was like, it kind of sucked because I was like, well, I don't technically own him anymore but like at the same time like he's also older and so like he needs more maintenance like hawk injections stifle injections like the whole nine yards yeah and so I was like well they these people are going to give him a better life I, I mean I leased him out all the way up until then so yeah. like I probably made thirty thousand dollars just off of leasing him yeah without spending any money on him was this the same pony that when I was nine. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So like, not only did I get to experience all those things as a kid and like got to have this pony, but like I trained him, yeah. made money off of him. And then now he's teaching other little kids. So that's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's pretty sweet. Like I did a lot, like it's crazy how much stuff I did with him. Like I've rode him Western. I've pushed cows on him. I've bucked him, like flanked him and he would sit there and turn back like a bull. Really? Yeah. I mean, I did it all. We took him. He He's we, just a little freaking stud. Yeah, we took, him, we took him to be audition for a ballet because they needed a pony for it. Like, I've done a lot of just random stuff. Oh, and he's like bomb proof. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, he, there is some things that would, would set him off that sure. I wouldn't. Like, he was scared of like, I don't know, back when selfie sticks were like a big deal. My okay. dad had one and I like. Are they not a thing? I guess I've I noticed no that. Yeah. Yeah, they're not a thing. I always I thought think. they were weird. Yeah, I mean, I did too. I just took it and was like, realized my pony was scared of it. So I sat on him and kind of pulled him back and like showed it in his face. And he would just sit there and spin either <laughs> direction. I was like, all right, well, that's cool. That's the only thing I used it for. Yeah. But desensitizing. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was a pretty cool pony. I actually just posted some of those videos of me bucking him the other day on TikTok. And like, really? Yeah. People were like, why would you flake him? Oh gosh. Like, there you go. Yeah. And I was like, man, this pony loves his life. I there promise you. I could say, whoa. And he would stop bucking. Like, yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Like, cause I, everyone was like, well, how do you flank him and get on him? And I would sit there and I would be on the ground. I would flank him and I just keep telling him, I was just like, whoa, Casey. And I would jump up on him. I'd get situated and I'd be like, all right, Casey, go. And like, would just you do it? You just did it like in the arena or did yeah, you do by it? Myself. In 
You would just flank him and then hop. And then when you yeah. hopped on, he would just start bucking. Well, only when I said go. Sometimes he would do it before that, but like really? not. Yeah, he was good. Like he was. Yeah, I had taught awesome. him a bunch of tricks. Like he was cool. Like yeah. he could rear on command. He could bow. He could. He could like if you you know how like you can pretend canter like if he was next to you and you cantered he'd canter right there next to you like he was cool like that's he's a cool awesome. pony. Yeah, that's why it was kind of like bittersweet because I was like, man, now he's never gonna retire with me. Right. But the place that he's at is I I sold him on a buyback contract, so if they ever decide to sell him, get I get first. first right of refusal for one dollar. So like they're probably never gonna sell him because. Right. I'm obviously going to buy them back for a dollar. Yeah, no doubt. It's worth way more than that. Yeah, but I mean, but that's perfect for like when they like really retire him. Yeah, yeah, you know. for sure. I, I mean, I think they just love him so much. He And he's got a sweet personality. Like he's kind of in your pocket. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got his pony attitude sometimes, but like he's just, he's so solid. Yeah. Well, I mean, humans, you can meet the most chill human in the world and like they're going to have their moments. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, you know, it's it's part of being yeah, it's an animal. being alive. I think people forget that about horses sometimes. Yeah. They just want them to be machines. Yeah. And it's like there's a brain in there. Yeah. You know. Oh, for sure. Like, like they just they want to run them into the ground and yep. don't expect them to to crack and it's like, well, we did that to you. You no probably you would have probably broke down a lot sooner. Yeah. Or I guess you can same way with a human is you could probably beat it down so much that it like really doesn't have any sort of personality anymore has no real heart. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. And there's some horses like that too. Yeah. You just look mm-hmm. at them and they're just dead. You can tell. Yeah. Dead heads. I, I hate a horse. Like I worked at a ranch in Wyoming. I was a wrangler out there one summer and I was, um, kind it was kind of, it was something they wanted me to do, but they were trying to get these horses ready for the, you know, to be used as trail horses. And I, I had kind of fallen in love with this horse and, but they wanted me to, he had a personality uh-huh. and they wanted me to beat it out of him. Yeah. They wanted me to, you know, they were like, he cannot be like this. I was like, then don't use him. Cause I freaking love this. Like, yeah. and I was, I wouldn't do it. I would not do it. Mm. Uh, that's a funny term up North Wranglers. Yeah. That's that, what, the only that's time what I've ever us. heard that. I know the only time I've ever heard that is up North. Yeah. It was in, it, it was a like a dude ranch in Wyoming. Yeah. All they did was have horses and the people okay. would come out there and you would just guide trail rides, take care of the horses, yeah. fix fence, you know. So is Wrangler like, I mean, is it a little bit more horse specific? I I have, I guess. I don't know. I was only there for one summer. I yeah. hated it. It was too cold for me. Even in the summer? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I got hurt really bad out there in a car wreck, so... Good grief. Yeah. Well, I'm, how, I'm, I'm brittle. Gosh, I'm really How brittle. old were you when that one happened? I was in 2014, so that oh, was... Oh, so you were younger. Yeah, so it was the year after I graduated high school. So okay. 19-ish. Yeah. I thought I was just going to be out there for the summer, but... So you did that for the summer, but you would have been already riding bulls mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, so I was riding bulls, but the problem was is when I went to go work in... The whole reason why I was okay with going and working in Wyoming was because I had a broken jaw from riding bulls. Uh-huh. So, so I was going to take the summer off. I was going to take a couple months off anyway. And then I got in the car wreck while I had a broken jaw. And, and I broke my carbone, my scapula, and my humerus. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah. Were you, when you broke your jaw, were you wearing a helmet? Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. you took one then. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, that was the first time I broke it. So 
the first time I broke it, I took a horn to the side of the, the face. Mm-hmm. And the way those helmets, I was wearing just a hockey helmet, but it, it like kept the top part of my head together and it took my jaw and just shifted it. So it just, it broke it in the joint mm-hmm. and it was pretty, it was pretty rough. Had to, I mean, it knocked you out, right? No, I got up. Oh, that sucks. That's I got like up, I stood out, I, I stood up, I walked out to the middle of the arena, picked up my bull rope, walked all the way back and I was like, hey, I think I uh, dislocated my jaw. They were like, dislocated your jaw? I was like, yeah, I don't think it's broken. I just think I dislocated it. And they're like, all right, like, so what are you going to do? I was like, oh, I'm just going to drive to that hospital that's right by my house and just have them set it back. And they're like, you're crazy. And I was like, hey, man, I'll be all right. So was I, it, were you already off or were you kind of falling down on the inside or something? The j- bull jerked me down. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have the video of it somewhere. But he jerked me down and, like, those people were like, you're crazy. Like, you're going to drive yourself to the hospital? I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go. I had There was a hospital, like, five minutes from my house. And I was like, well, I'll just go to that one. Like, Did you? Yeah. So I drove 40 minutes to that hospital. Yeah. Because I was like, I just had mom. I was just like, hey, mom, can you just meet me there? And she cussed me out the whole time. And I was like, bro. Because she hated me riding bulls. I bet. And so, like, I got to the hospital and she, like, tried to come in the back with me this time. And I was like, no, I don't want her. Because I was over 18. So I was like, no, I don't want you back there. Was that, like, one of the first bad wrecks? No. No. You'd had a few before then? Yeah, I broke my wrist Mm -hmm. and had to get a plate and screws put in, like, pretty early on. Yeah. Because like I, so I had started riding bulls and I had, I think I got on my first one right-handed and then I got on, I started riding with my left hand. Are you right-handed? Yeah. Yeah. Right-hand dominant. But I started, so then I went and was riding with my left hand and I fractured my left wrist. Not bad. Like didn't even need a cast, but you know, obviously you can't hold on to a bull. And I was like, well, I'm really new at this. So like, I'm just going to switch hands. I got on three bulls, had no idea what I was doing at this point. And Mm -hmm. this bull was just so strong. He snapped my wrist leaving the buck and shoot and I had to get a plate and screws. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go back to riding left-handed. So that's why she was not happy. Cause I was just, that was in December of 2013 and I broke my jaw in May of 2014. Yeah. That like within <laughs> six months almost. Yeah. Like I yeah. barely stopped riding bulls. Like after I broke my wrist, like I kind of went right back cause I switched hands. I was like, well, it's going to be my free arm now. Like I'll, yeah. be, I'll be all right. You know? So at that point, Mama was like pretty pissed. Oh yeah, uh, she hated it. You were probably still on their insurance, right? Yeah, I was on their it. insurance up until like last year mm. on my dad's, mm-hmm. and you know, turned twenty six last yeah. year. So they were like, "Kick you off." Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, so <laughs> that's been a fun, fun loop. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, yeah, rodeo and trying to get any sort of insurance is like almost impossible. I haven't used mine yet. Knock on wood that I don't have to use yeah, it. Yeah, no kidding. You anytime won't. soon. Yeah, you won't. I've I've been pretty lucky this year. It's yeah. been good. Or maybe, yeah. You believe in luck? Mm, I believe in hard work, and it depends on what what kind of luck you're talking about. Okay. How many different types of luck are there? Well, like, I don't feel like I have luck as far as like if I keep my body in shape, like, okay. and I don't get injured. That's not luck. That's from hard work and dedication to keeping myself in the best shape I can. But luck, like I'm not going to go walk under a ladder Hmm. or let a black cat run in front of me without thinking about it. Oh, so you're like superstitious? Yeah. But that's like kind of bad luck too. Like that gives you bad luck. Right. Bad juju. Yeah. So you do believe in luck? Yes. Huh. So like destiny, right? Like having like a destiny or like something that's already 
Like, do you feel like you can change it? Or do you feel like it's already pretty much mapped out for you? Um, I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking, not like so much destiny, I guess, but like, I feel like, I feel like you can change it because I feel like there's always different doors that can be opened. Mm. And depending on how you, which door you open. Cause like, I was kind of thinking about it in the sense of like, you know, going after something that you really believe in versus if you have everything handed in front of you, you could still miss opportunities. But like you could change your destiny if you decided to put more work into it, even though it's right there in front of you, given Mm -hmm. to you. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. So I feel like you can change it in a sense. Yeah. In some ways. In some ways, yeah. Not always. Yeah. It's kind. Of, it's kind of one of those tricky things. It's like very you, tricky. Because you That's can look I'm at asking. it. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> you can look at it a bunch of different ways. Yeah, you can look at it a lot of different ways. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you get on a bowl, you're probably gonna get hurt. Actually, get it's hurt. not. It's not about if you're gonna get hurt. It's about when it's and when, how bad. No doubt. No doubt. So like, I don't know. But I feel like you can change. Like you can mitigate risks. Yeah, maybe put the odds in your favor. Right. Sure. But that's not always going to, you know, change the outcome. Yeah. You never exactly. know. So mama hated it. What about dad? But they had separated? Yeah. They got divorced when I was in seventh grade. Yeah, I'm sorry. So. So. Was, so were you still kind of talking to him? Or? Yeah. Um, we had kind of gone through some pretty rough, rough stuff uh-huh. through um, that part of my childhood. So, like, it was it was pretty dark. It was a pretty dark time. And so, boy, I didn't really... Once I found that, I kind of just, I didn't really pay attention to anything. Like, oh, so that's like where you put most of your every angst or anything like everything. that? Everything. Because I was thinking about the other day and I was like, man, what have I done for, like someone asked me, they're like, what have you done for the last 10 years? And I was like, because like my high school reunion is coming up. They're like, what have you done for the last 10 years? And I was like, rodeoed? Uh, yeah, like that's it. Like I've literally put everything into rodeo and ever since like I found it and like it was the same way with horses. Like I didn't really have like a social life or like go out and do a bunch of stuff like play sports or anything like after I found that. So like I haven't done anything. Uh, I don't know if you're intending to say it that way, but it sounds like you're like you wish you've done some other things as well. I mean, maybe like yeah. maybe like some like. I don't regret any of it. Absolutely yeah. not. Like, I don't regret any of it. And I definitely don't think I would have been where I'm at today had I not been as dedicated and focused to it. But, like, also at the end of the time, like, at the end of the day, like, I feel like there was definitely some stuff I missed out on. Like, I never went to college. Like, I never did that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I have buddies that went in college, went to college. And, you know, I kind of missed out on some of those experiences but I also don't know that I would have enjoyed that because I enjoyed rodeo so much. Yeah. Yeah, the grass is always greener. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things, like, I don't, I absolutely don't regret it. I've loved every minute of it. But, like, it's also, like, you kind of think about it. It's like, well, you know, like, all your friends are talking about all these, like, things that they've gone and done. It's like, well, man, I must have really missed out on doing that because I was just so focused on this other thing. But Time. It's like, it's just so hard to. 
sounds like you might have already hit the point where you start like realizing like where you spend your time and like how important that really is. But I don't really know when I would have hit that. It's definitely hit me recently. Yeah. Where it's just same. like, my goodness, there's not that much time. Yeah. Like even thinking about like my parents, uh, it's a little bit morbid, but I think it's a pretty healthy like thought exercise. But like if your parents are 60 years old, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know the exact national average, but like typically people probably live to like 75 or 80 or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like if you break that down into like Christmases, like, like you only have like 15 or 20 more Christmases with your parents. Dang. You yeah. know? Uh, and then you can like apply that to a bunch of different stuff. So now it's like, you know, it happens where people call you on the phone and you might all oh, call them tomorrow or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and like they're. But when you start breaking it down into like, well, how many more opportunities would I really have? Yeah. To, you know, to talk to them. I don't know. It's so weird. Like in my early 20s, I, it was just, you just didn't even think about it. You're just letting it rip. Yeah. <laughs> just do whatever and hang out. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of talking about that because like, you know, like I'm at, I'm getting to the age of like 27 and you know, like that's young, like you're still young, but totally. like, I haven't thought about having kids. Right. I'm 27, you know? Yeah. And so like, you don't have, like, I've got maybe a 10 year window left, you know, maybe more because no, of modern it. medicine, but like, sure. you don't think about that kind of, like all of my friends and most of my friends in high school are done married, have kids, have a family. And I'm over here like rodeo, like, let's go, you know, like just kind of living like I was, tw- you know, like in my early twenties, you know, like 21 and so, like, it's just kind of, like, a crazy thought, like, you know, that time, mm-hmm. what you're talking about, like, well, you don't really have that much time left. Yeah, and then you dedicate so much to one thing. It's gra- it just, every year that you dedicate more and more time, it's even harder to give it up. Yeah, absolutely, because, like, I don't, I mean, I haven't even, th- last year was, like, the first year I ever thought about quitting Redding Bulls, and it wasn't having to do with anything other than I had a knee injury, yeah. another knee injury. That's the only reason why I thought about quitting, not because of time, not because of where I wanted to see myself, but literally just because like I had a knee injury and, I, and really like, why is that my priority? Like, why wasn't like, you know, wanting to start a family a prior, like, why hasn't that been a prior, why is it just because my doctor told me I might not be able to ride bulls again because I have a really screwed up knee which worked out because are you fine. saying that you get a little bit concerned because like your uh you feel like sometimes your priorities might not be where they should be yeah oh. as an adult like okay yeah okay like sort of feel like an oddball sometimes yeah maybe. absolutely i mean not that many people rodeo no like, in general the niche of rodeo probably the same thing with like musicians like it's it's so small and it's so niche that like and then the problems and like the, I guess not really problems, but like maybe more, most of it's, yours is a very physical. Yeah. Physically um, demanding. Physical struggle. Yeah. The, what I do mostly is more of like an emotional. Yeah. Like ups and, and downs. And like time, I feel like. A lot of time. But then that goes into the emotional part. Yeah. And there's some just big ups and downs and swings, you know, yeah. that I think that's why a lot of guys start getting into drugs and drinking a lot because yeah. you're just trying to numb, numb but it's addiction. emotional as opposed to, well, a lot of the rodeo guys do because they're in physical yeah. pain. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, it sounds like 
at some point you might want to do like the more traditional route. It sounds pretty lonely at times, especially on top of it, you're a female. Yeah. I mean, like there's just not a lot. And like, I think that's also what I've been struggling with too, is like when I was younger, like I would just enter like open bull ridings and like now I'm getting older. My body's more broke down and stuff like that. And like, we do have women's bull ridings, but they're just not, it's not enough to make a career out of it. Like, I couldn't just do that on the weekends. Like mm -hmm. I can't make a full time like salary just doing that. And so like, it's kind of like, I, and I guess that's probably where a lot of these thoughts have actually come from in the last two years is like the fact that there's just, it, it is lonely because there's not that many women's bull ridings. And it's like, what are you really doing this for? Like, because, because you don't have anything to compete for. You don't have girls to really ride against all the time. And so it's like, is it, even kind of worth it. I love it though. So like, I you also just do like it. I, that's also where I struggle. Cause like, like after I had my knee injury, I kind of told my, and my doctor. So I went to Tandy Freeman and he was like, when he first looked at my knee, he, first, he originally said, I think I can give you a stable knee for the rest of your life. Well that, I think that's when everything got put into perspective because I was like, dude, I have a whole lot of life left to live. Like I'm 27 and he's telling me I'm going to need a knee replacement at 35. I know. It's like, it's such a big commitment physically. And yeah. It's like, so like, there's some serious ramifications. I think that's why I'm really confused. Like I really confuse myself with all the thoughts of it all mm. because like, like part of me is like, no, I'm fine. I'm doing just what I've been called to do. And then other parts of me are like, well, no, I really should think about having kids in the near future. But that's not like, that might not be my, you know, that not, might not be for me. Sure. I have no idea. I want it to be, you know, like, but it, once he said that and he was like, I think I can give you a stable knee for the rest of your life. It's kind of like really screwed up my head. It's made everything super foggy. So that's probably why none, anything I say doesn't make any sense. No, that, you're making ton of sense. Well, and I think the fact that you just. I talk in circles. Well, but everybody does. Yeah. That's like part of the whole thing. Yeah. Like everybody's just typically relatively confused with their own life. Yeah. You're just bouncing around from a bunch of different things. Like, what do I need to do? How do I like be happy? Whatever that means. How do I find it's joy? Like, it's like a catch 22, like on a lot of stuff. Like you feel one way, but then you explain it another one. You're like, well, I feel like that would be fine. You know, like I feel that way too. And so, I mean, it's just, there's just so many different things that you can think about that like kind of go opposite, but then also kind of go the same. Like you're like, no, actually, you're right. Like, I do kind of th think that way, you know? Yeah, so do the physical ramifications of doing it, like, later on down the road, does that... Scare me or bother me? Yeah. No. Yeah, interesting. Not really. Like, I don't know. I feel... I mean, I feel like I'm pretty tough, I would say. Yeah, clearly. But I don't know if, if I'm going to enjoy waking up feeling like crap every day. Yeah. But it... It hasn't ever really scared me. Like coming back from like injuries have always kind of been difficult, but thinking about like how those injuries are going to affect me later on haven't, mm. hasn't really bothered me, I guess. Maybe that's just cause like I'm blinded by the love of it, you know? Uh, does death scare you? No, I died. It was, yeah. And it, when I, when that happened, I, I realized where I was going. Like, I know that I'm going to go to heaven mm. because I've seen it. I've seen God standing there before me. And so 
ever since then, like, it hasn't, hasn't scared me. I did it once. So, like, when, when I had that liver accident, um, they were doing my CT scans and my blood pressure had dropped really, really, really low, like so much that the cuff couldn't pick it up anymore. And two nurses had come in and they were starting to stick this, this needle in my wrist, trying to find my artery to keep track of my blood pressure. And they couldn't find it because it was just, I was internally bleeding to death. And, you know, I just kind of told them, I was like, man, I just like, if y'all just quit, cause they were trying, they kept trying to do it. And you were the, still like awake. Yeah. You were, when this, oh. yeah, I was fine. I was just, I was telling them that I was okay. Like, I was like, I don't know why you're all freaking out. Really? Yeah. But and your so, blood pressure was that low, but you didn't like pass out. Mm-mm. Is it was that weird? Cr- I have no idea. Yeah, huh. Maybe, I mean, maybe anyway. So like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so then like, by the time I said that a surgeon had walked in holding two bags of blood and was like, y'all got to stop. We got to take her back to the OR right now. Yeah. And so like, they like rushed me back. Like they had to handcuff me to the bed because they didn't have time to knock me out or anything. Like I was cuffed. And so like when they took me back, they didn't have time to knock me out. And so I physically remember and seeing them cut my stomach open. So I have a scar down my whole, whole stomach. Yeah. Um, and like sticking their hands in to, they had to put, they took all my organs out and put them on the table, which is kind of crazy to think about. But anyway, when that happened, everything went like super white and bright and like I remember I had no emotion I wasn't happy sad I didn't feel any pain I literally felt nothing Mm. and off in the distance I could see a figure and all I remember saying was I'm not ready I'm not ready and I woke up from my coma so like you were in a coma they a medically induced coma okay so this was like three days later but that that's as long as that the, I felt the like it felt like it. Yeah. Like, like pretty quick. Pretty like just like that. Like I remember seeing them put my hands in it being bright white. And I said, I wasn't ready. I'm not ready. And I woke up like, that's all it felt like. Yeah. And so like, it turned out I had been out for three days because it's kind of weird. It was three days. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, um, I don't know. It was. And so like, after that had happened and they told me that I had flatlined on the table and stuff like that. And like, which kind of went and validated what I'd seen, you know, I was like, you know, death isn't scary. Like I've been there. Mm. Like, you know, like when you have that confidence and the fact that you know where you're going and like your fit, it made my faith stronger for sure. So you already had belief in some sort of like higher power. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So like, you know, and I, and like, I just remember, like, I remember feeling that, like, I felt like that if I did not, I felt like if that was a sign for me to quit riding bulls, he wouldn't have given me that fire and passion to want to come back and come back stronger. Why do you think he said, I'm not ready? I have no idea. I don't know why I would say that either, because it's like, why? I don't, I have no idea why I would say that, because it's like, well you know, if you're going to heaven, you know, like that ends all, you know, suffering. There's no more pain. There's no nothing. Like, why would I, but I really believe it's because maybe it was destiny. Maybe we can go back to that. You know, like I just felt like he had a a bigger purpose for me. And, and he proved that because that, because, you know, like 
six months later, I was filming a show for Netflix mm-hmm. talking about my boy riding, you know, like kind of made it all worth it. Yeah. Were you, so like, I mean, I, I mean, I hate to assume, but I, I would assume that like religiously you would like identify as a Christian. Yeah. Is that probably what? Yeah. Yeah. So like what exactly is like, has it, have you been a Christian your whole life? Or? Yeah. So, um, I grew up going to the Methodist church and then, um, have kind of bounced back and forth between Methodist, Baptist, kind of okay. more non-denominational, I guess you would say now, just, you know, reading the Bible and, you know, praying every day. Yeah. I don't go to church as often as I should, you know, but that's just, you know, I don't think that defines your, whether you're going to go to heaven or not. Yeah. Are you like, are you pretty open about like your Christian faith? Yeah, or? absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty dope. That's pretty yeah. rare. Yeah, we, I mean, therefore, you know, we have Bible studies at work before that, you know, we'll have 6.30 a.m. Bible studies at the warehouse before we start our days and stuff like that. So, um, Dale also does a Bible study on YouTube, so. Oh, I didn't pretty, know that. Mm-hmm. He does a Bible study on YouTube? Yeah, so it's unlisted, so you have to text his phone number to get the link, and he sends it out. It puts it put you in a group message oh, and cool. he sends out a link every week. Does he just kind of lead it, I guess? Yeah. Or? So like he does it, you know, he comes up with different, um, we go through different books and it, I mean, it's fun. I love it. You yeah. Know? We haven't done one in a while though. I think it's probably cause it's getting to that, be that time of the year where it's really busy for us. Yeah. Just with, uh, like with what in particular? Well, you know, like the holidays are coming up. So people are starting we're having more orders. Oh, I um, got you. Yeah. We, we just, we've already weaned some of our cows, but our calves, but we're going to have to, we've been having to go over there and check them a bunch. We've been teaching the new guys. We got three new interns. So we've been teaching them how to drag calves and okay. flank them and stuff like that. So, you know, that side's busy. And then we've got the NFR coming up. We got some booths coming up like in Indianapolis for FFA nationals and yeah, just, yeah. Being that time of the year. For sure. And for sure. So did your faith end up playing a pretty big role in like some of these bigger injuries that you, that you had? Like, was there anything in particular? Like, well, I know you were alluding to the idea that it solidified your faith. Yeah. So I guess unpack that a little bit. How did it solidify it? I mean, just the fact that like, I don't, you know, God has a plan for everyone. He... It, like he gives, he is, he guides you into where you're supposed to be. And I felt like, you know, when I said I wasn't ready, you know, that was just him telling me, I've got bigger plans for you. Like you're not right. Re- your, your purpose here on earth isn't fulfilled. And like, you know, at the same time, like also like I realized that too, like he kind of put that thought in my head that like, I also wasn't ready because, you know, why would I, why would I just not want to go home? Mm-hmm. you know, like take away all that suffering. So, you know, and then like coming back from that, you know, my mom obviously was having a huge fit. Yeah. And like when I was first in the hospital, like the first things I was saying was I'm not going to have bulls anymore. But then like, you know, I was also like barely could talk cause I was on a ventilator. So like, I was like, I don't think that was really fair. I was sedated. So then like, as I was sitting in the that hospital room for two weeks, I kind of like, everyone kept asking me, they're like, do you think you'll ride bulls again? And I was like, I was like, I'm not going to say yes. And I'm not going to say no. I said, I feel like right now, if I told you I was to never get on a bull again, we'd both know I'm lying. And so 
I just don't think that God would give me that fire. I mean, and it came back strong. I didn't realize it, but like I was not scared to get back on bulls. You know, you, you would think that would be something that would scare you, but like just the fact that he gave me just like this fire and this passion to want to get back after it told me that I had a purpose and I had a reason why I was here to do it. Mm-hmm. And it, he, I mean, and he guided me back into it. Yeah. That's interesting. What is like, what's being a Christian? Like, how do you, what is that? Just spreading your faith, you know, like just, you know, don't deny him. Never, you know, don't deny him, especially in front of people that don't believe. But um, just giving it him your best kind of, I wouldn't say like following, you don't have to follow rules. Like we're humans, we make mistakes. But I think just living to the best example for him you can, you know, based off everything that the Bible says. Mm. You know, treat your, you know, your neighbors well. Yeah. Treat your enemies better, pretty much. Yeah. Have you explored a lot of other, like, religions? No. No, I haven't thought about it. You know, I've really, like, just being a Christian my whole life, you know, like, I went to actually private school up until I was in seventh grade. Yeah, me too. Yeah. When my parents got divorced, obviously, we couldn't afford it anymore, but um, just pretty basic generic like I don't you know I know that there you know the different religions out there it's kind of I'm just kind of basic basic religious that's a lot of times like an easier route to go I made the big the big circle around it yeah like explored everything and then came back yeah yeah I just I mean I like to live pretty simple like I I feel like sometimes like especially like going into the church, like some, like it's just hard. Cause like, there's just so many, I hate to say it, but there's like people that, you know, put on two different faces and I would just, no doubt. I would just rather be myself, you know, be true to me and be true to him, you know? So like, that's why also like church isn't the worst thing. It's not also not the best thing. Like you just got to do what makes you happy. What, how you feel like you need to live best for him. Yeah, there. I, I was one of those people for sure. I mean, talk the talk. Uh, my actions typically did not line up with what I was saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or most of my life. So I was pretty, uh, yeah, it wasn't good. But yeah, I mean, at some point, I think different people at different points in their life, if they're willing to like submit to some degree, I think the Lord will try to grab a hold of them. Well, yeah, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter when you accept Christ either like people can live a very very sinful terrible life and if they accept you know their lord and savior five minutes before they die they're gonna go to heaven you know Mm -hmm. so a lot of people have a hard time with that which i understand you know they get mad about it yeah like that's not fair well it's not fair that he died for our sins so Mm -hmm. yeah it's probably putting you know because you always have like the the objection, like, well, what about the guy that, you know, has murdered a bunch of people? And I mean, it's a legitimate objection. I'm not trying to say it like it's yeah. not a big deal, but like, what about the person that's just perpetrated all like Hitler, right? Yeah. So like, what if Hitler on his dying last breath, you know, yeah, asked Jesus to forgive him of all of his sins? Uh, and a lot of people can't. Can't grasp it. Yeah. Which ultimately means that 
we take the place of God because like we're the ones that are deciding who the gets who gets the forgiveness. That are judging. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one of those things. I feel like you can avoid people on earth. You can avoid people up there. If you don't if you don't want to be around them, don't be around them. Did you say avoid people up there? <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, it's true like <laughs> Oh my god. You probably that, won't even know though. Like it probably doesn't matter. Yeah, that's funny. That's really funny. You're probably going to forget. Yeah. Like we're still It's like a clean slate. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. I would like to think in heaven we don't hold grudges. Still. Right. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, but that is funny. I feel like it would make it better. It's like, like bro, we, I'm still not sure about that yeah, guy. <laughs> but you also kind of started a clean clean slate, so you yeah. probably aren't going to remember. Yeah, that's which pretty Which is funny. also kind of like, now that I'm saying that out loud, like, you know, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean about like your relatives? Like if you're, if what do you, you mean? Like, if you are you going to remember them? Like oh. all the people that you knew, like if you can, yeah. if you're going to remember Hitler and he's right. there, yeah, yeah, like right. how are you supposed to remember? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think that we end up having any sort of real, uh, I, I, I personally think that, um, our awe and like wonder for the creator of the universe will be just so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. The least of our concerns is ourselves. Yeah. No, yeah. You know what I, I, mean? I just like I just kind of thought about that for a second. As soon as I said it, I was like, "What does that mean about like the people you do know?" Yeah, 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 for sure. It's like that cousin that you really just didn't like that much, or like your grandpa <laughs> that you haven't seen in years. Like, yeah. are you gonna remember? It's like, are you gonna remember him? You know, I think it's a nice thought. You know that we would be able to like enjoy our time. I, I I mean I don't know. I, I just time. think that we're gonna be in just such like just shock and wonder yeah. you know our main focus is just you know the reason that we're there yep. to begin with yeah that's cool that you're open to like talk about it not a lot of people are really I mean some people are I think it's actually getting maybe better in an odd way I think people are getting a little more open to I think with as wrong as the world has gotten I think more people are trying to be more open about it with like social media and like what's going on in the government. Like I think people are really starting to turn to religion to kind of ease their, you know, anxiety about what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Cause like there's definitely things that I think about that I do to like, I guess try to help with that, like being open with my faith or um, one of the biggest things that has like really bothers me is like the modesty on social media with women. Mm. And so like, I try to display a lot of modesty. And cool. so like, I that's think, super dope. Yeah. Good for you. And so like, I think, I think here lately people are just going to be more open about religion to hopefully kind of like there's, it's like they're kind of trying to clean it up mm. or they're trying to, you know, direct people back into more, a simpler time, I think personally. So people are, are starting to be more open about their their religion and their faith to hopefully kind of like spread that message versus spreading all these negative messages that are going around. Yeah, because I don't know if like your parents were, well, I guess my parents would be a bad example because they were pretty open to talk about, like our dinner table talk growing up was like, yeah, nothing was really off, off limits. Uh, but I would say like most people in their generation, there was definitely like, well, you don't talk about politics. You don't talk about religion. Yeah. Right? I will say the only thing that like my parents didn't talk about growing up was politics. Yeah. 
Like I didn't know. Nothing and now I, I think we're sort of like starting to see the ramifications of just, I mean, those are like really some of the most important things. Yeah. To talk about. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've actually, there's people from other parts of the world, like in the middle East and stuff that they find it very bizarre that we're unwilling to talk about some of those things. Yeah. Cause like that is, I mean, like how do you really get to know somebody? Was it just yeah. small talk? How well, do you f- they're trying to take like, Politics are trying to take religion out of like everything we've built the country on, mm. like in God we trust, and like they they're trying to take all that out. Like they're trying to take out, you know, like I remember back when I was in like elementary school. Well, maybe it was because I was going to a pr- private school, but like we always started the day with a prayer, and and the national anthem, or not the, no the Pledge of Allegiance. Super controversial. But I don't feel like <laughs> they do that anymore. They don't. No. Uh... They don't even do the petrol. Or they, they let you, uh, yeah, they let you kind of, I think they do like moments of silence or something. Yeah, and that's when you're supposed to like, but I, do they even, do they still do that? I don't know. Prayers or moments of silence? Well, well I know it started off with prayers and then it moved yeah. to moments of silence, but like, do they even do that now? I, I don't even know if they school. do that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm It's not changed either. so much since I graduated high right, school exactly. and that wasn't like that long ago. Yeah, yeah. Um. And it's like, I don't, uh, I mean, I'll engage with pretty much anybody. Right. Like, I mean, I really just, I'll sit and have a meal. I mean, I don't care if you're Muslim or atheist or whatever. Like, I'll, I'll sit there and talk with you and I'll be friends with you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I don't care. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there has seemed to be a bit of a whitewashing, like with the history of the country, yeah. where it's like we're just now trying to act like, you know, this country wasn't founded on like certain Judeo-Christian principles, and like that's pretty evident, like in any of the historical writings and stuff. Yeah. So that's a little bit bizarre, and it doesn't mean that like we don't aren't like welcoming to people, yeah. like, differing opinions. Yeah, it's it's just all crazy to me. <laughs> I would it agree. Just, it's just crazy. Well, and then you get to like f- further on down where there's just certain things that like like now there's like a hundred genders or something like that. A hundred genders? I don't know. There's like 50, right? Or 40. I have no idea. Like, you know, to you me, know there's I mean? two. <laughs> no so, doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Watch a cow give birth. There's two yeah. genders. Yeah. For I, sure. I think I actually ran across something like that about like that girl that wants to identify as a cat. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they, they allow her in school as long as she's not a disruption to other students. I'm like, come on, people. We're better than this. <laughs> no kidding. Are we? Maybe we're not. No, we can't be. <laughs> I mean, maybe we're just that crazy. Nah. Uh, I don't know. But there is some optimistic things going on, I think. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more religion out there. <laughs> Everyone's spreading the word more. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some of that. There's an odd amount of... Uh, like, I, I think the internet is one of the weirdest double-edged swords. Absolutely. Like, it is so insane. Like, my entire, like, business and everything, that I, I'm like a horseshoe from Decatur, Texas. And it's like I can write songs and put them out, and a bunch of people listen to them, make a living on it. That's wild. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, like, everything Dale's done. Yeah. Like, come on. Social media. Yeah. It's like, but, like... But then, then you have the other dark side of the, the dark internet. side of the internet. Like, and it gets super dark. Yeah. I don't like that side. Yeah. It's so it's weird. Like, 
It drives me crazy. There's a lot of stuff on there that I don't like seeing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I try to my best to filter a lot of it out. But if you want to find it, you can find it. I guess most things have always been that way. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of always been there. I guess it's just it's just more openly accepted now. I guess it, like it, so all, a lot of that dark stuff has always been there. But now it's just like they're kind of throwing it at you now. Yeah, there's like a this there's an odd thing happening right now where like there's this cool edginess with like being, you know, so badass and like scandalous. Yeah. And like, I'm like, mm, it's not that cool. No, it's really not. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know, but I'm, maybe I'm a, an anomaly. I'm maybe a, not. I'm an old school thinker. I think old school, like I'm really old school when it comes to that kind of, like I, I mean, I post on social media, obviously like I am, on social media and I post, but like, as far as like an old school mindset, like what I've, what I've tried to create with my social media is like, I want to be the example that if I have a daughter one day can see my stuff and I won't feel bad about it. Yeah. That's cool. Like I want to be an example for like the youngest of generations. Yeah. Good for you. I don't, it's kind of hard though sometimes. And like, there's little things that can sneak in. You know, and then you have to reflect on it and be like, was that really what I needed to do? But that's kind of part of the journey. Yeah. And then like, I think people like, I think people try to go the more modest route too, or like, just don't like, and then like, they see that that's not what's getting the views and and then they have to go and it's like, dude, you're stooping down to that level. Like you can get, you can be just as popular with being modest, you know? Yeah. Yeah, But uh, you know, maybe you can't. What? Get more views? Yeah. Sure you can. Well, but here's the deal. Like, what if what if you can't? Like, what is the end-all be-all? Yeah. Like, what's it worth to you? Yeah. I guess is the point. Yeah. You know, what's it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Yeah. You know, that type of deal. So, uh, yeah. now that we talked about what I wanted to talk about, we can talk about abortion now. That'd yeah. be a good... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Be super controversial. Yeah, right. Clip that one out for yeah. sure. Well, I appreciate you coming here. I appreciate, I appreciate you being so invite. open about, you know. I'd love to do it again. There's some yeah. stuff that I still want to ask you about. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, I don't live that far. It's yeah. like an hour and some change. Yeah, it's definitely. Well, I hope you do well. I hope maybe just, I hope you keep riding bulls. I hope I got a few more years left in me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, but yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I guess is most of your, all most of your stuff's like on uh, Instagram, right? Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I'd say. You got it's a TikTok now? Yeah, I've got a TikTok. I've had one for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I just post pretty much just anything about bulls and horses on there. Do you have your own like merch stuff? I have one t-shirt out. And for it's real? On, it's on dalebrisbees.com. Okay. Yeah. So if you go to Dale's deal, you can find it on there. Yeah, if you just type in my name, Jordan, my sticker and my shirt come up. Yeah, cool. It's like me on a cow or something. It's yeah, cool. right on. Right. Did you design it? <laughs> um, I had it designed, but um, I I had seen a, another design and I was like, man, that's me. Yeah. But someone else had bought it and I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna get a custom one, just kind of like it. So I did. <laughs> well, heck yeah. Well, cool. Uh, well, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. We'll see y'all later. Adios. Adios.
Reviews. Sing the sleep, melody.